The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to Follow Up Friday. Uh, we've got a jam-packed uh, show for you this week. It is uh, July 27th, and uh, we are ready to rock and roll here, my friend. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. The trivia winner, once again, Lady Lauren. Wow. Trivia question was, what is the name of a true Ironborn wife? kind of a trick because the week before we asked right wildling spear wife a lot of people might have said oh salt wife uh-huh yep answer is actually rock wife rock wife it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah interesting okay that was good so lady lauren uh i need to update that that's uh is it two or three for her that's yeah. two in a row three three total, total yeah which i think ties her she's moving up there yeah, yeah. up the leaderboard so maybe not so maybe have four or five anyway she's moving on up but she's up there i thought yeah i don't think she's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. To the Essos side, I should say. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool beans. So um, stay tuned later on the show. We'll have the uh, trivia question, and uh, you know, send those. It's a good one this week. It's a good one. I like it. It's uh, tough. Pretty. You know. Pretty good. Um, we had this week sort of a. What, what would you call this, Sir Matt? Um, a crow. A crow. Okay. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a raven. Um, it was mm-hmm. a dirty old crow. It was a dirty old crow. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Um, I'll say this is that we are I'm we are always open to criticism of the show. Sure. Um, but only when that criticism comes towards us. Yeah. We are the you know the lords of the show. So the criticisms, if you criticize us, if we get something incorrect. Let us know. We said Let that. Let us know. We've we've encouraged that. But when you criticize other people's ravens, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> there's no such thing as a bad question or a bad raven. And uh-huh. we're here to entertain them all because you never know. Maybe you, that's just what we do. Yeah, it is what it's we do. It's a free folk um, podcast. It is. It is. You know, and here's the thing. Um, if you look at the text and you look at what uh, we have in A Song yeah. of Ice and Fire... Um, Eddard Stark himself, you know, real valued, you know, everyone's opinions. Uh, do you care if I go ahead and read? Do you want to read this, Sir Matt? Do I'll go ahead and read. It's actually uh, this is funny this thing is actually this actually I I was remembering this quote exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, it's also from this week. So kind of a great setup here. Yeah. So this is an Arya two. Mm-hmm. Arya is talking about she's rem- rem- reminiscing of Winterfell. Yeah. After he was gone, Sansa exchanged whispers with Jane Poole. Down at the table, Jory laughed at a joke, and Hullen stared uh, in about horse flesh. 
I started in about horseflesh. You're a warhorse now. He may not be the best one for a joust. Not the same thing. Oh, no, not the same thing at all. The men had heard it all before. Desmond, Jax, and Hullen's son, Harwin, shouted him down together, and Porther called for more wine. No one talked. No one talked to Arya. She didn't care. She liked it that way. She would have eaten her meals alone in her bedchamber if they let her. Sometimes they did. When father had to dine with the king or some lord of the envoys from this place or that place. The rest of the time, they they ate in his solar. Just him and her and Sansa. That was when Arya missed her brothers most. She wanted to tease Bran and play with baby Rickon and have Rob smile at her. She wanted John to muss up her hair and call her little sister and finish her sentences uh, with her, but all of them were gone. She had no one left but Sansa, and Sansa wouldn't even talk to her unless Father made her. Back at Winterfell, mm-hmm. they had eaten in the Great Hall almost half the time. Her father used to say that a lord needed to eat with his men if he hoped to keep them. No, wait, say that one more time. Her father, her father used, used to, say, to say that a lord needed to eat with his men if he hoped to keep them. Yeah, okay, all right. Know the men who follow you, she heard him tell Rob once, and let them know you. Do not ask men to die for a stranger. Mm. At Winterfell, he had always an extra seat at his own table, and every day a different man would be asked to join him. One night it would be Van Poole, and the talk would be coppers and bread stores and servants. The next it would be Micken, and her father would listen to him go on about armor and swords and how hot a forge should be and the best way to temper steel. Another day it might be Hullen with endless horse talk or Septon Chael from the library or Jory or Sir Roderick or even old Nan with her stories. Even old Nan with her stories. Yeah. You know, I just, it, it's important to remind the realm. Yeah. That even Eddard would listen. He mm-hmm. found value in listening. Absolutely. To everyone, you know, mm-hmm. who played a role in his you know, in, in Winterfell, you yeah. know, um, I, e- even in old dance stories, mm-hmm. you know. So just a reminder to the realm that when you send us a raven, we know you put in a lot of effort and we appreciate you guys putting in all the effort that you do to look stuff up, to yeah. have theories, you know, to kind of put it out there. Sometimes it is, you know, you're, you know, uh, we have a raven today that yeah. when I, you know, sometimes oh, I know you, sometimes you for sometimes you first look at it, you're like, ah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think it. But then you start reading it and you're like, OK, maybe. That's the thing. And we say something and sometimes people will say, you know, like we get these ravens. I, I don't know about your that whole segment you made, but I, you, so what you said here really caught my eye. Yeah, they might like, like, they like, the like whole a theory, one but... piece of it. Like, OK, hold on a second. I can see that. And that may open up a theory about something else. That's the whole thing. It's all just speculation. Yeah, it is. It is. So just a reminder, please keep sending those and don't worry about, you know, um, just know that on on this podcast. Mm-hmm. OK, people bend the knee. Yeah. All right, so we will we will read those ravens, and we are happy to do so. Uh, anything else on that? Oh, actually, the, the, I think one of the reasons we wanted to bring this up, uh, we're over 200 likes on the on yeah. in Facebook. Happened pretty quick. We're pretty happy about that, and we are going to start the group on there very soon, um, probably next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Sir Ezra is actually moving, um, so mm-hmm. kind of moving Sir Matt's around. moving across the country in a couple yeah. weeks. So yeah. we're kind of so we'll getting... try to in the midst of all that get the Facebook group going. Um, but remember, you know, uh, reward positivity with positivity, Absolutely. you know, and you know, uh, it's all there to stimulate conversation. We want to mm-hmm. hear your thoughts, you know, and we don't want people to be afraid of like posting something because a lot of people come in and they are more, uh, show heavy, mm-hmm. you know, and m- maybe they have some ideas that are just show and that's fine. Just tag yeah. it. This is a show theory. Those are great. I mean, those are 
those are actually super fun. You can run wild yeah. uh, with those theories. So, you know. Um, well, because you know what else we don't know yeah. is, think about this, is we don't know that we're, we don't know any, the, the upcoming prequel show. Uh-huh. Yeah. What if the upcoming prequel show is canon, is just canon, Gur says it's canon. But what if it ties into things, you know, what if it does something that alludes to something that happens only in the show? Yeah. You know, then that causes us to question things. Yeah. I mean, the show is so popular and it's doing so well. I just, I, I kind of think. It's kind of like you if know, you look at Harry Potter, uh, the Fantastic Beast, like I believe she said, oh, well, once, so like it's it's all canon. Yeah. Because she hasn't written. She's like, not writing books, books about it. She's now, like, we're just if, doing movies. If Gurr were to go back and write something about the Dawn Age and right, Age absolutely. of Heroes, that's different. It trumps it. But for now, what he has written is there and it's super vague. Yeah. And that's the whole point. You know, so, but, you um, know, we don't we The show may be the. But that the, gives value to the show. Right? Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, that's why, you know, it's it gives it more validity and people are going to run wild with it. So mm-hmm. um, we're excited for that. So just know as we start that group, I mean, uh, we'll probably you know hit up some of our, we, you know, you know, what we did, sir, Matt, we called the banners. Mm-hmm. We, we had I mean, this we grow, will. we had this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so we, we reached out to people and we just wanted everyone yeah. to know that. Uh, and uh, may have been, may have been, may have been a test. See, Oh, Hey, maybe we'd like you to be a moderator. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've got so, some good people out there who, who are really positive. We've had some people even offer. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, anyways, just throwing that out there. Okay, my friend. Uh, I think that's all go. I have to say there. The Dragon Egg Contest. So, last week, we were talking about having the hidden phrase, uh, thick as a castle wall. Um, we got a few more uh, people mm-hmm. entered, and uh, we're thinking uh, this will air Friday morning at 6 o'clock, so you will have until midnight uh, Friday to enter the contest. So if you haven't mm-hmm. done so yet, please go ahead and uh, go back in and find. I think it's we said it's a follow up Friday. You're looking for the phrase "thick as a castle wall." Just timestamp. No, thick it. as a castle wall could be from any any episode, any episode. And we still right. do have the other contest going. Yes, we do. If you can find when we had to specifically stop the recording, that is specifically in a follow up Friday. Lady Kelsey's going nuts on it. She's listening to all the follow up Fridays. We hope that no one ever can find it because we we're that good at, we're that good at editing it. But we, we only have ever had to stop the podcast one time. Yep. If you can point it out to us, we'll send you something crazy. I don't know what, but we'll yeah maybe yeah, we like maybe like seasons one through seven on DVD or, something, or Blu-ray. <laughs> oh it's like, man, it's like one hundred fifty bucks or something. Holy. But I'm that confident because there, it's there's no one's gonna find it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love the confidence. <laughs> Somebody's just gonna start this this second, this every single second <laughs> every day. We're gonna get like a message from somebody talking. Yeah. About where's that? Okay, so cool beans. Um, hopefully you guys will enter that Dragon Egg contest. Get a signed copy of a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, uh, signed by place. us, not Gurr. So. Yeah, signed by us. <laughs> yeah, <yes>. sorry. <laughs> sorry guys, we're we're actually trying to get a first edition uh, Game of Thrones book signed for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, so yeah. once we once we get in good with Gurr, we'll get you guys some stuff. But uh, and uh, second place gets a Funko Pop. So all right, I think that's it. Um, we are ready to move on here. So guys, here's the thing. Uh, Sir Ezra the Watchful is going to be a little vulnerable with you today. All right. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pull out one of I mentioned on Monday that I would kind of uh, possibly go over a theory that I have, which you know, uh, mm-hmm. according to this crow, might be crazy. All right. Yeah. And if you stay tuned until the end, you'll see um, it's been kind of eh, maybe debunked, maybe not debunked. I don't, know. I don't know, Sir Ezra. I still I still see a lot. I still of have hope in. for it, but. Um, You'll see why I, I got so crushed during my research. So I'm, I'm researching and I've been thinking about um, Rhaegar's children for mm-hmm. 
years. Okay, so I've kind of wrote some of this down. I think I'll just read it and uh, kind of share this with you. So, since the release of A Dance of Dragons, readers have been theorizing and speculating about a character known as Young Griff. He is believed to be Aegon Targaryen's son. Um, I'm sorry, he is believed to be Aegon Targaryen, the son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Elia Martell. So, um, you know, that's that's been the big claim. He's coming back across the Narrow Sea. You know, um, we've had people speculate that he's a Blackfire, so on, all, the, all, these, all these good things. Um, some readers believe that young Griff is a fraud. Uh, they think that he's been raised to believe that he is Rhaegar's son, but he's actually a Blackfire, a Valerian or a Plum of some kind, you know, because he has those characteristics characteristics right and actually today's episode most of the ravens are talking about the way in which um the seed is strong is referenced several times in ravens today i think uh so who knows uh we love to speculate and we will continue to speculate on young griff as we continue our reread of a song of ice and fire so when i first read a dance of dragons i couldn't help but to wonder the same thing that everyone else was wondering uh maybe rhaegar's children are alive Mm -hmm. right Okay, so that was the big thing is that when this came out, it's like, hold on a second. We have someone who's potentially Rhaegar's son. Okay, Um, for years, you know, during my reading, I I started to think that if Aegon could survive the sack of King's Landing, then why couldn't his sister survive as well? If Varys and others conspired to smuggle one child out of King's Landing, then why wouldn't they smuggle the other child out as well? Right. I mean, quick made, point here. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna yeah. add some validity to it. Go for it. We see something like that happen mm-hmm. with uh, Bran and Rickon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's, I just I think you know when they're if 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 there's one at stake, why not take the other one? You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why we would only save one child. Right. Could have been proximity. A lot of people have mentioned she was upstairs under her bed uh, versus Aegon was you know um, more right. more more accessible. Right. Um, so it made sense that they would save both children and and use them politically later on, right? Because you have both of them. You could even marry, you know, uh, Rainey's off, right? Um, so I started looking for other characters in A Song of Ice and Fire that were the same age as Rainey's Targaryen, so Aegon's sister. Um, but they had to also be Dornish. Mm-hmm. Okay? So this was the tricky part, right? A lot of times we hear Rainey's Targaryen, and I think you might have thought to yourself, um, well, she would have to have silver hair, Purple eyes, fair skin, all that good stuff. Not the case with Rainies at all, actually. Not the case with a lot of Targaryens. Yeah, and it really just depends. You got to look at that that um, that heritage. You know, who were they married to, etc. So I started looking for a character that was the same age as Rainies and that was Dornish. I wanted to figure out if she could still be alive. Now, why Dornish? Well, Rainies Targaryen is born in 280 AC. She's born to Rhaegar Targaryen and Elia Martell. She does not look like a typical typical Targaryen. She has dark hair, dark eyes, brown skin. Um, in the year 2000, Gur actually, this is one of the things that he, uh, I think is in an interview, he, he noted that she actually, actually looks a lot like her mother, Elia Martell. Okay, so mm-hmm. Dornish. Uh, when Rhaenys is presented at court in King's Landing, she's well received by her grandmother, Queen Rhaella. Uh, King Aenys, on the other hand, did not receive his granddaughter very well. He remarked that she smelled Dornish. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so so I need to find a Dornish girl that was born in uh, in, in 280 AC. Dark hair, dark eyes, brown skin. Uh, it's important to remember that when we're we're speculating, theorizing, or whatever, not all Targaryens have, as I said before, white skin, silver hair, purple eyes. Uh, and if we take a look at the Westerosi history. Um, We'll actually find a couple of different people who don't have, who right. are Targaryens, you know, that don't have um, all those different, uh, 
what we call traditional Targaryen features. Um, so let's ask a question. Are there any Targaryens married to a Dornish lady or princess, specifically maybe a Martell, uh, in history that we can look to? And yes, there happens to be one. An alliance between House Targaryen and House Martell is actually um, what really helps to keep Dorne under Targaryen rule, mm-hmm. actually. Um, so when we take a little closer look at the marriage of King Darren II and Mariah Martell. Okay, yes. so we're about there, aren't we? In a world of ice and fire, we, we are there. That's we're there this week. Yeah. This week, okay. So that's the that that marriage happens. It's sort of a way to kind of help bring Dorne in. Um, together, they had four sons: Baylor, um, Ares, Rhaegal, and Makar. And we know Makar is actually uh, Egg's father, mm-hmm. right? So in the Duncan Egg series, yeah. And Baylor uh, Breakspear would that's, have been king. That's right, exactly. If Makar hadn't, you know, broken his. Wide open. And he was actually well-respected. Well, people really yeah. liked him, you know. Um, so the eldest son, Prince Baylor, uh, he looked very different from his brothers. Uh, he had dark hair, dark eyes like his mother. Um, you know, it said, although Baylor embodied everything one could hope for in a knight, a great lord or the heir apparent, many men looked at Baylor's dark hair and eyes and muttered that he was more of a Martell than a Targaryen, as if that was a bad thing. Right. Uh, Baylor's other brothers, Aenys and Makor, um, are both depicted as having fair to silver hair. Uh, they took after their father, King Darren. So again, moving forward, it's important that we remember that not all Targaryens can have that silver purple hair. At the end of Maester Aemon's life, he starts to reflect on Daenerys and Rhaegar a lot more, right? We've talked about this. He reveals some interesting thoughts on the prince that was promised and so on. Uh, on his way to Old Town with Sam and Gilly, just before he passed away, Maester Aemon told Sam that the Sphinx is the riddle, not the riddler. Okay, and this is, a, this is so I'm kind of putting mm-hmm. two different theories here together, right? That got me looking into different discussions about a character named um, Alaris, whose nickname is the Sphinx. Uh, Westeros.org forums are full of theories and speculations about Alaris. It's widely believed that he is actually a she, and that she is Sorella Sand, the daughter of Oberyn Martell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I looked a little closer at Sorella Sand, and I noticed that she was born the exact same year as Rhaenys Targaryen. So I couldn't believe that. All right, so I'm looking for a Dornish girl born right that same 280 right. AC. There she is. So I was pumped, looking for that female character. Happened. Sorella fit perfectly. Uh, she was even a bastard daughter of Oberyn Martell. That could be something that's made up, or you know, we have mm-hmm. a lot of people claiming um, this person or that person. There could be more to that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Especially if he's trying to hide her. If she was some someone who would have been a valuable target, and he wanted to possibly, you know, keep her safe, he would claim her as a bastard. Right. Right. Okay. Um, not much was known about her mother. Oh, and- I, yeah. have, I have some uh, when, when you finish, you okay. I have something huge okay, good. to add to that that I <laughs> good. just thought of because you I actually real quick. Yeah, I haven't even started. Has, I have not. I know he's been working on this theory, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I haven't yeah. heard it. This is the first time I'm actually this first time heard it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and I'm almost done. So this is basically you get right to the point here because I get crushed in a second. Um, Ooh, not, I don't, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe not. I think I just fixed it for you. OK, so not much was known about her mother, Oberyn. Uh, had numerous bastards, so why not one more? It turns out that Sorella uh, knows a surprising amount of recent Targaryen history, like a, that is said uh, in the books. And if she is actually Alaris at the Citadel, uh, then she's ambitious and totally up to something. She's a player in this Game of Thrones. So I was, I was ready to ask the question, is Sorella Sand actually Rhaenys Targaryen? That's where I was ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to say that she is. 
I was ready to put it all out there. And then I came across this fan question that Gurr answered in 2000. I'll read it to you. I still kind of believe there's a chance here. But um, a fan asked, I was wondering if you could answer uh, or take the fifth. One teeny little question I've been dying to ask for the past year. Are Aegon and Rhaenys, Elia's children, well and truly dead? So are they actually truly dead? And, he, and this is what Gurr said. I, I, I didn't actually hear him. It's just what's written in So Spake Gurr. All I have to say is that there is absolutely no doubt that little Princess Rainey's was dragged from beneath her father's bed and slain. And when I heard him say that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Because I was so close, you know, to possibly... Because he, uh, he just throwing people he, here, off? Or, he also continues to say that, remember, Jon Snow's dead. Yes, I know. Right, yeah. So, I mean... But he, let me propose something to you here mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I just thought of. Sure. So when Oberyn Martell comes, he's and you see it a lot. It's it's a little bit more in the show. You see it just the fight in the mountain. I mean, it still happens in the book, but it just is a little more slammed into your idea. Right. You killed her. You raped her. Exactly. The whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. So Oberyn Martell and Dorne. Dorne has never really bent the knee. Even still, they you know, yeah, they, sure. they're kind of their own thing. Yeah, they're part of the Seven Kingdoms, but not really. Yeah, they're very out. You know, yeah, standoffish. So if you're Varus. And you're trying to prop up this either false Aegon or the actual Aegon mm-hmm. um, and have the Targaryens come back and take the throne. Who would be your best ally? Yeah. Dorne. Dorne. So what if you have someone who is actually Dornish and a Targaryen? Yeah. Brother, yeah. sister, Mary, And yeah. then she's been raised. So she is part of that Dornish culture family she's a martel yeah yeah now, the dornish already don't like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the lot the lannisters yeah yeah so I know. maybe 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 that is their idea was to marry him to mm-hmm. to her Rainey's, or who yeah. is Aureli, yeah yeah who so knows i don't yeah. know if in, in my in my theory as i was as i was coming and up with think it about this yeah. if oberon is raising her as his daughter i mean think about this jo- edard stark is potentially raising Jon snow as his Mm-hmm. Son, exactly. So you have that, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you'd have three people raising three heads of the dragon. You'd, you'd yeah. have John, Rainey's, yeah, Aegon, and Sorella, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Sorella, and um. Oh gosh, sorry. I, I just, oh, yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to trying to piece it all together here. Anyway, <laughs> so if Oberyn Martell would have to look at her every day and think about his yeah. sister, because his sister did just right. like how Eddard Stark thinks about his. Off- Right, there's a lot of times where he's think he's talk, talking or thinking about John, and then suddenly drifts and, into and it drifts into Liana. Yeah, I get that for sure, and that could cause this upset as as a brother who probably loved his sister, right. you know, um, cared about her. It's one of those things like you know you can't maybe because to to op- to even to tell her who she is, she could it could be risking her life. Right, you know what I mean. So I was just looking for a similar parallel mm-hmm. between like the Jon Snow situation. And Rainey's Targaryen. So, if there are other options out there, I would love for people to let me know. But you know, um, again, born in 280 AC, and that's what I went off the wiki, and I went off of right. a couple different other places where it was mentioned um, that she was brought to court. Yeah, I don't know. It was it's now there tough. was another character you'd be thought it could be. Yeah, who was that? Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know if you're ready to. Oh no, not that. yet. You mean up north? Yeah, yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah. because it kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see about that one. I'm not sure. But no, I, I mean, it's 
it's just interesting to me. But, you know, when he says this, I'm like, Gur, really? And he's putting this one to bed, sort of. So I kind of have to. And it's one of those things, like, you wouldn't have found evidence against it, really. Well, you can find some evidence against against this theory in the books, maybe. But when he comes right out and says this, I was like, what? Because I was looking for, you know, thoughts on, I was looking for um, Gur's thoughts on right. Aegon's, uh, Ra- I'm sorry, Rhaegar's children. And I just was like came across that and I'm like so the moral of the story here is be careful when you speculate be mm-hmm. ready for anything never let your guard down until the author of the series puts it to rest yeah <laughs> no, I'm just kidding but you know uh, actually just let your imagination run wild it's fun I had so much fun digging into it and then you know it's just this roller coaster ride yeah you know so there you go there's Sir Ezra the Watchful throwing it out there uh, to you guys if you have other thoughts or maybe that sprung something in your mind you could think about you know, um, yeah, that character. Even and, Sir Ezra's wild and crazy theories. We'll right. read. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go ahead and head on here to one from Sam the Hammer writing to us once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Matt and Sir Ezra just wanted to give you thoughts on supporting teams in other countries. We're still searching for a. Uh, we have to hustle on that too. We do. People. Like, like everyone's kind of pulling us every way here. Um, in the mid-90s, I decided to choose an American football team to support. The Dolphins were a big team over here, but didn't I didn't want to choose the most obvious team, so I decided to pick a city that I felt some affinity to and support their teams across all American sports. My only knowledge of American cities came from TV, so the decision was largely based on my favorite shows at the time. Seattle and Boston were strong contenders, but I eventually went with Philadelphia. He's going with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, I wonder Fresh Prince. Boston and Seattle. I'm trying to think of shows that are from there. Seattle's Frasier, which is my favorite show of all time, is oh, yeah. uh, Seattle. Boston is also Cheers, which is like the pre. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it could be that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, other, since then, I followed the Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, and Phillies. Uh, it makes uh, this year's Super Bowl all the more satisfying given the limited success <laughs> we've had over the last 20 odd years. Uh, when choosing your football team, I'd pick with, uh, someone with the potential to grow to be successful. Okay. Newcastle, Everton, who, is, who we were initially kind of leaning yeah, we towards. Were, yeah, we yeah. West Ham and now Wolverhampton Wanderers, the Wolves, wow. are not considered among the elite but are well-supported and have decent-sized stadiums. This tends to uh, dictate income and therefore long-term success in English leagues. The quality of owners varies, but... Uh, uh, this is a uh, transit transit. Oh, sorry. Yep. Uh, and is similar to American sports. They all have their own character and interesting histories and are worth reading up on. Yeah. But if you still can't make up your mind, <laughs> here's an article comparing all the Premier League teams to Game of Thrones characters. Whoa. Maybe you can just pick your favorite character. Uh, it's a year out of date, but most of the teams are the same. So I'm going to pull this up here and uh, <laughs> kind of uh, sift through. And I'm sure some of our English Friends can kind of um, tell us. Let's see here. We have from really teeing um, Tottenham, Sir Davos, the Onion Knight. Really? Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. He's like, I've never been much of a fighter. Uh, it says he's trending upwards here. Um, Watford Gendry. We have uh, a... It says, I don't know. Some of these teams, I, I don't know. It says, despite being of minimal importance to the plot so far, we reckon these strong, likable boneheads are about to play a key part. Um, <laughs> it says, uh, wow. vanishing for a couple seasons. So I'm guessing that team, you know, maybe uh, kind of yeah. fell off for a bit. West Brom, Varus, the Spider. West Ham, the Hound. Okay. You like the Hound. 
I do like the Hound, yeah. And West Ham has been brought up uh, several Ham, times to us. West Ham has been. Um, yeah, it says uh, kind of like a rogue-type character. Um, says it kind of, it says uh, they're just busy picking fights to come up with any long-term strategy. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So maybe some of, some of our, our English listeners can uh, send us and tell us their thoughts on uh, if that kind of uh, goes along with some of those teams. Yeah, yeah. All right, sir. I'm going to let you read this one. This is a doozy. Yeah, for sure. This is uh, uh, Sir Gibbs uh, again has hit us up. Sir Gibbs, the Inquisitive. Um, so let me see here. Uh, let's see what he says. There are many theories I have heard on your cast of who could be Jon Snow's biological parents um, and his his possible name in the books. A popular theory I have heard on the show proposed uh, is that Lyanna and Rhaegar um, are not his parents. Okay. Um, I love entertaining these thoughts and theories, um, you know, shadowed in mystery. I, however, would like to offer up why the standing illustration brought to light in the show will most likely be the way it plays out in the books. And here is why I see this this way. Okay, so um, making the case, I guess, that um, that that uh, that John is um, R plus L equals J. Is that what you're mm-hmm. getting, Sir Matt, from this? Yeah. Okay. All right. So number one. Uh, Ned Stark is all about duty, honor, and responsibility. His word uh, means more than its weight in gold, not just to the north, but to the entire Seven Kingdoms. Um, This is why, in my mind, that Cersei asked him to admit his crimes and asked to take the black. With this in mind, follow along with my my logical Vulcan rant. Okay, all right, we will. Um, In the show, Ned Stark gives... His word and promises his dear sister to protect her son and keep him safe. Knowing he cannot go back on his word, uh, he fails to give any detail on this estranged woman who gave birth to his bastard. He does this for very specific intention. Tell the one lie and not to, um, I'm sorry, tell the one lie and do not indulge or say anything further. Okay. Uh, this prevents him from getting caught in the lie and losing his life and the life of his Targaryen nephew. Nephew, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, in fact, half Stark and a member of the wolf family, too. The lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Very true. Uh, he tells his loving wife uh, of, his, um, of his deeds, knowing that the lie uh, would always haunt their marriage. But he did so to protect their entire family. And that makes sense. So, you know, he's telling he's telling Catelyn that this is, he's lying, saying this is his bastard. Right. Uh, we've heard a lot of people talk about this. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, to keep everybody safe, to keep John safe, etc. Um, his only other lie he has told was at the headsman's block. Okay. So he's, he's asked to lie, knowing it would sound more true from his own lips. Uh, and it cost him his head to prevent him from telling the truth. So, you know, again, he's given that uh, he, she's, uh, he's talking about at, uh, at the time in which, you know, he's to confess his sins, proclaim that Dro- that Joffrey is the one true King, you know, and to give up all of this craziness, you know right. what I mean? All right. So watching season seven, uh, the other night, and I caught a line, John says, in the dragon pit after telling Cersei he already had pledged himself to House Targaryen. I'm not going to swear an oath I can't uphold. Talk about my father if you want. Tell me that he's, um, tell me that's the attitude that got him killed. But when enough people make false promises, words stop meaning anything. 
then there are no more answers, only better and better lies. This quote is the embodiment of what his father taught him growing up. Okay, and I think that's, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Um, John's words actually carry a lot of weight, even to a crazy and controlling queen like Cersei. Uh, this is when I actually feel as if Cersei realized she will not keep the throne for very long and panicked. Cersei exits stage left. Uh, my point is duty, honor, responsibility, and honesty is what made the Starks who they are or were and what they stand for. So if Jon's parents are not Lyanna and Rhaegar, then why would Ned risk everything for this secret? That's not Ned's way. He put his family through this turmoil to save his only sister's child. And as we know from the show, true king to all Westeros. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, all of how John was raised uh, was by uh, no better man than, I'm sorry. Um, so he's raised by no better man uh, to groom him to one day be king. That being Eddard Stark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, I know, is not in line with uh, outside-the-box thinking for, for theories for the show. But I thought I would do a little honor uh, for the extremely hard work uh, and wizard of an, of, a, of an author's hard work. Gurr spent a great many years developing the characters of John and Ned. Both characters would not be as honorable if John's parents are not Rhaegar and Lyanna. I am digging this world, this world of your podcast and forever bend the knee to you, sirs. Thank you, uh, your awesome listeners. For their re- for their engaging um, in in discussion with the world of ice and fire, Sir Gibbs. Mm-hmm. So you know um, we've had people you know we've had ravens. We we ourselves have discussed the idea that um, that John that R plus L equals J, and that is the way it's going to be, and that's uh, you know the way it's been kind of laid out there in the show. Yeah, and that and I think Sir Gibbs is kind of making the case that that's probably how it's going to be in the book. You know, that's what I feel is most likely. And that, a lot of people are kind of going with that. You know, um, I Which think people people have called me a Targaryen loyalist. They so have. They have. And it's because I believe that my favorite character, Jon Snow, is a Targaryen. Targaryen. OK, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just mainly. Yeah. There is. yeah. You know, so I mean, there and there are people who believe that that child that Lyanna and as I said before, Rhaegar had is young Griff. There are people who believe Jon Snow is a Shara Dane's, you know, child, yeah, um, and so on. So we actually have another Raven here in just a little bit that kind of follows up on all these thoughts that Sir Gibbs has just laid out for us too. So mm-hmm. um, we can kind of you know talk about that. But first, it's time for trivia. It is. All right, here we go. Trivia for this week. Um, you can give me the basic answer. Uh huh. Um. But just, I just, you know, I'm going to need, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be as detailed as possible, but pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the sigil of House Dondarrion? Yeah. Ezra, Sir Ezra's favorite character. Beric Dondarrion. Beric Dondarrion is. Beric Dondarrion, however, you know, however you pronounce it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is a boss. You know, I love him to death and I, uh, you know. Love reading. Love him to death multiple times. That's true. Multiple (laughs) times. I love him to death, and he rises again. Yeah. So okay. Um, Continuing on. So with 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 Sir Gibbs's uh, line of of thought there. So um, the next one, maybe we can split this up. We can read this in sections. So this is um, this is going to be one of our last ravens today, and then we'll have a big discussion after this one. So this is from uh, Drew Hosser, who has sent us uh, uh, like a five point four point 
um, Raven here. So, good day, sirs. I've been listening for a while now and finally uh, have a few crazy ideas to throw out there. Um, okay. You've worn off on me. You've worn it off happens. on me. Good. That's good. Yeah. Um, a quick backstory on my getting into A Song of Ice and Fire. I started watching the show last July for the first time after my good friend finally talked me into it. Uh, kudos to that friend. And uh, ended up getting uh, caught up in all of the, you know, uh, season two. Um, I'm sorry. And ended, and ended getting caught up with all the season two shows uh, before the um, season, season seven, seven finale. Now. Yeah. After that, I began going down wiki rabbit holes and finally bought the books back in November and I'm currently in for a uh, feast of crows. Okay. Also a little side note. I'm from down in Kentucky. Ah, nice. nice. Yeah. Um, you know, that side of Cincinnati. Um, so it's nice to listen to people from Columbus. Awesome. We're like neighbors. Yeah. That's great. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, here we go. Uh, diving into some bloodline theories. All right. Oof. Yeah. Number one, Ashara Dane had a child who lived. That child was taken by Varys for a noble cause. Um, who who would have known her uh, from when she was at court? So Varys knows her at court, takes her child right. for a noble cause. I believe that the child is either young Griff um, slash Aegon, or he is the child you know switched with Aegon when Aegon Ooh. was sent to Essos. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, whether her child was murdered or shipped across the world, I believe either instance could have caused her to take her own that life. That is a very good mm-hmm. point. Like maybe. Liana told mm-hmm. Ned, and then that would mean that you, she could still have John and she uh-huh. knew that Aegon had to go too. Yeah, so exactly. And Rainey's is, you know, Estrella Sand, so. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that. We've had this happen before where, where mm-hmm. babies have been switched. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have it happen in, well, spoilers uh, <laughs> to, yeah. the, to this guy, uh, kind of happens in uh, Dance Dragons. Yeah, uh, yep, mm-hmm. it does, yeah. yeah. So um, let's see here. Whether her child was murdered or shipped across the world, I believe that uh, in this instance it could have caused her to take her own life. As for the father of the child, I think it could be um, Ares, the Mad King, okay, Uh, who could have forced himself on Ashara at the tourney at Harrenhal uh, or Brandon Stark. And this is where I was telling Sir Matt before. Mm -hmm. I had not heard, I've not heard people mention Brandon Stark, um, who she crossed paths with, uh, but it seems... A little more murky and fits uh, my second theory better. However, uh, I think it works better to have him as a bastard of the king and therefore a Blackfire and also a Dane, hopefully bringing the Sword of the Morning mantle back into play. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. Ashara Dane has a child, you know, who's taken by Varys for this noble cause, you know. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah that, that would be interesting. And that child possibly being a it would be a bastard child then, right? right? I mean, you know, so yeah. it does say at one point that she left, you know, Elia Martell's service and why would she leave her service? But maybe for, mm-hmm. you know, um, to get married is what people expect. And the idea of the Sword of the Morning, which yeah. kind of ties into the whole Lightbringer prophecy theory idea, Zora High. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so. there is something about the why did Ashara Dane jump into the sea? Yeah, why did she kill herself? And is Ashara Dane... Uh, oh god, now I'm blanking on her name. The Septa, that's with Tyrion. Yeah, yeah, the, that uh, with with young Griff as well. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name either. I know. Right I, now. I read her name last week. Uh, it's like I starts with an L or something. I can't remember. But anyway, Tyrion's looking at her, and it's she's, not Mordain, is it? No, 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 no. no Septa Mordain is the. Oh yeah, okay, the, that's right. The Maester or the Septa that ends up dying. She's with Sansa. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because yeah, yeah. right. we just read it. That's why you're thinking about yeah. it. 
I can't sentence? remember her name, but she's on the boat with Tyrion, and Tyrion sees her uh, bathing, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, she's you, beautiful." He's like, "Oh, do you want to talk to her?" He's like, "No, I want to." <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, yeah, go ahead and read the next one there, sir, man. I'll look up who that sept is. Okay. What Lamore? Lamore, yeah. Yeah, there we What go. if Ashara's son looked less like a Dane and more like his father, Brandon Stark? When Ned sees this, he thinks that Starfall is no place to raise a son of the North and takes the bastard of Brandon Stark back to Winterfell with him becoming Jon Snow. And rather than sully his brother's name with the news of a bastard, Ned chooses to bear the burden. Which actually is really interesting because he does kind of think, yes, it always comes back to Brandon. Mm-hmm. when he's talking to Catelyn and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would have wanted to protect Brandon's memory, especially in Catelyn's eyes and in the eyes of his children. However, where would that leave Rhaegar and Lyanna's child? I believe that he would be um, Aegon slash Young Griff. Gur tells us the seed is strong, so Rhaegar's seed could lead um, to Jon's unmistakable Stark looks. Yes, yeah, so the question is, so could Rhaegar's seed lead to Jon's unmistakable Stark looks you know that makes a lot of sense if the if the seed being the male right. seed you know is gonna i that's a good point we just talked about that with like you know um right how how, how could that happen now the opposite of that is we mentioned Baylor breakspear for example you know um and that the targaryens sometimes their seed is actually kind of weak yeah and that and then they talk about how liana had the wolf's blood in her and she's so wild and that would explain maybe why john is yeah yeah, it's like she, it's her seed was so strong, or not her seed, but her, you know, yeah, it overrides sure. Rhaegar's for sure. So in theory, number two here, we're saying that Brandon Stark is the father of Jon Snow. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting thought. I had not thought about that. Yeah, it is interesting, uh, actually. So um, okay, let's continue on. Number three. Uh, as for a general question surrounding Lyanna's death and childbirth, the other major character that we know about, uh, or that I that I recall uh, experiencing complications with their uh, mm-hmm. childbirth, is is Joanna Lannister uh, with Tyrion um, and Rhaella Targaryen with uh, Daenerys. Okay, so true. Yeah, they both. Yeah, which yeah. is which is where a lot of people think that oh, the three heads of the dragon, John, Danny, Tyrion, also kind of like the three main characters, right? Could potentially all three be dragon riders. Tyrion has the dragon dreams, right? True. So, is so that, yeah, is that they could just all, and that's where um, that uh, the Mad King forcing himself on Joanna kind of comes in. That would make Tyrion a Targaryen. That would make that would not make them, however, all three siblings. It would mm-hmm. make. Tyrion and Daenerys, John's aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, actually, Drew goes on to kind of mention, you know, with these parallels, perhaps that points to Tyrion as a Targaryen. Uh, something I don't necessarily want to happen or think will happen, but it is odd mm-hmm. that these three instances are pointed out time and time again. Um, you know, kind of driven home right. that they, you know, died in childbirth. Maybe the seed is too strong for those mothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. gosh, uh, what's her name? Riella Targaryen had so many kids, and a lot of them died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she had like a ton of like miscarriages. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. So yeah. So the seed's either strong, uh, too strong, or it's not strong enough. Well, it's you not know? king, so it's probably all it's, jacked. It's up. all jacked up. Yeah. Um. So okay, I like this. I like this. Okay, on to number four. On to um. Mance Raider, actually. So he obviously feels drawn to Winterfell, and being knowledgeable of the North, it could be general interest. However, I wonder if he is either a descendant of um, 
uh, Bale the Bard's bastard mm-hmm. with the Stark daughter, right? So there's that's a story a good, that's there. A good idea. Yeah, giving him the blood of the Starks. Uh, it is said that uh, Bale's son, who became legitimized um, to be a Stark uh, to keep the line alive, brought his head back to Winterfell after killing the king beyond the wall um, on his attack uh, south. And actually, Sir Matt, if you can, you can pull up on the wiki, um, you know, that whole story if you want to there. Uh, maybe the... Um, Maybe that Stark buried his father, uh, Bale in the Crypts, whose presence there uh, is drawing Mance to Winterfell. So maybe that's what's what's luring him to go. You know, he goes to check out the king. Maybe he's been at mm-hmm. he's been at uh, Winterfell's uh, halls. The Bale before. the, the Bard. Yep. Sorry, mm-hmm. I have it pulled up. Yep. So whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, and you know, and, and Mance was born um, as a wildling bastard to a son of that legitimized Stark who was serving on the Wall. So you know, we we've heard that. Um, that that Mance's mother was a wildling, and that his father was, you know, um, a crow. You know, um, a man of the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. So could that man have been um, someone, you yeah. know, who was, you know, a, a Stark descended from that legitimized Stark line? Uh, this would make John and Mance relatives. And if Mance is aware of that fact, as I think he is, he sees himself in John, and that explains the trust he inexplicably has in John, despite several protests from other free folk. Uh, I think that wraps up my thoughts for now. I just wanted to share these and see if you guys had any thoughts on them. Thanks for the uh, podcast and the great work. Keep it up, Drew. Uh, wow. Uh, here, let me go ahead and read the bail of the bard. Sure. Sorry. According to Free Folk legend, Lord Brandon Stark, the Liege of the North, once called Bale a coward to take revenge for this affront and prove his courage, Bale climbed the wall, took the King's Road, and entered Winterfell under the guise of a singer named uh, Sigric of Skagos. Sounds similar to Mance Raider. There he sang until midnight for the Lord. Impressed by his skills as a singer, Lord Stark asked Bale what he wanted as a reward, but he requested only the most beautiful flower blooming in Winterfell's garden. As the blue winter roses were just blooming, Brandon Stark presented him with one. The following morning morning the maiden daughter of lord stark had disappeared his only child and her bed was um and in her bed was the blue winter rose lord brandon sent the members of the night's watch looking for them beyond the wall but they never found bale or the girl the stark line was on the verge of extinction when one day a girl was back in her the girl was back in her room holding in her arms an infant they had actually never left winterfell staying hidden in the crypts bale's uh, bastard with brandon's daughter became the new lord stark Thirty years later, Bale was king beyond the wall, and the Wildlings army, and led the Wildlings army south. And he had to fight his own son at the Frozen Ford. There, incapable of killing his own blood, he let himself be killed by Lord Stark. His son brought Bale's head back to Winterfell, and his mother, who loved the Bard, seeing the trophy, killed herself by leaping from the top of a tower. The son was eventually slain uh, by the Boltons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Sounds like there's a lot of uh, parallels and things that could similarly happen. Mm-hmm. You've got the Blue Winter Rose, which is a tie to Lyanna. You've got Bale climbing over the wall, which sounds like Mance Raider and like coming up to there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, the Stark line on the verge of extinction. Maybe the Targaryen line, verge of extinction with Jon Snow. Same yeah. type of thing. Being murdered by the Boltons. You know, you never know. We we kind of thought John could die, be raised again. You know, a third right. time. And he says, "Don't." In the show, could happen the same way in the books. I don't know. Yeah, there's some in, there's some interesting parallels and, and connections to be made there. So, you know, Drew. I mean, honestly, uh, good points. I think my favorite one there is is um, the idea 
that I I mean it's it not much is said about you know her the, the, her interactions between the the Stark boys you mm-hmm. know I think when she she does meet Ned she does have a, this interaction with him and and Brandon right I mean so I don't really know maybe something could have happened there yeah. but between them the, the also the idea that her that Varys you know takes um, a child from her you know and that child is either murdered or shipped across the world you know uh, causing her to take her own life is mm-hmm. is very interesting so. Um, I don't know. There's 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 a lot there. So I think that's pretty neat. Okay. Um any other thoughts on that, Sir Matt? No, but that is very, very good. That is It's well thought out. Very well thought out. Both of those theories, um, and just kind of like the parentage and just different ideas and opinions on uh who potentially John's parents could be and stuff like that. Like I definitely never thought of Brandon Stark. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that's the, the the idea, the, the difference between that Raven, you know, and like like Sir Gibbs, kind of saying that it's pretty, you know, in his mind, straightforward that it is um, R plus L equals J, right? You know, um, and I think in a lot of people's minds, you know, it is. And you and I really try to, you know, get on the edge of the map there and really look for, you know, or the edge of the text and see what's um, what we can find, you know, mm-hmm. try to make these connections uh, in ways that it's a bit of a stretch sometimes. So I like oh, to see yeah. people kind of you know, uh, take something or where when the author leaves room, you know, for you to speculate, then, um, you know, maybe that's what he, that's he, the, the room that's left there is intentional because yeah. he's going to fill it in later. Yeah. Again, cause we've got two more books coming. So, um, you know, yeah, I like the idea of, um, just the Danes playing this, this role. I've, I've said this often that the sword of the morning coming back into play, um, you know, in, 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 in some regard. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but, uh, you know, yeah, I could, I could see that happening, you know, um, and here's something I just kind of thought of, well, never mind. They're not as the Danes, you know, you're looking at bloodlines and thinking about how they, their appearances, right. You've got the three different types of, uh, Dornishmen, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. They're, they're more of the, they look closer to what, you know, uh, the rest of the realm or whatever, but still they're, um, in Dorn. Yeah. You know, so there's that whole piece. Okay. I don't, uh, do we have any more Ravens? That is it for this week. Okay. Wow. That's kind of a, kind of a short, shorter, uh, week for us, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Any other random, random thoughts? I mean, everything you heard there, sir, Matt, you know, all the yeah, bloodlines, all the connections. Yeah. And the idea, uh, I'm also trying to, the idea of Ashara Dane and the jumping off the cliff is something because we assume that it's like we assume it's just because she finds out Arthur Dane's been slain. Mm-hmm. It could be so much more than that. That's like the that's like another piece to the story. Yeah, yeah. That I've always that always intrigues me, and that like oh she throws Dawn down, you know Dawn goes missing. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's just interesting that he 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 highlights that. Ashara did that, you know. Right. Um, it, it, see, when it's when like I, the one piece of the puzzle I always kind of forget about. They're like, oh yeah, it's just Eddard goes and tells her. Uh huh. Yeah, it makes a personal right. You know, journey there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It. It. It's just uh, why take the time to mention that? You know. Um. I think every every line is intentional. You know, Gerb puts him in there for a reason. So there's a reason. So was why he, he, did he take Jon Snow with him? Little baby Jon Snow with him. 
What depends on it, it? It depends on what. Because uh, that's one thing. I, okay, okay. I th- something just kind of okay. So here, here we go. So, um, if Liana and Rhaegar have a child, okay, right. and that child look, it, maybe it could come down to how they look, right? Maybe we've thought, we've often thought that if if um, if Ned and Ashara got together, that what would that child look like, and right. would there be a need to swap the two? You right. know, Liana's baby for Ashara's, etc. You know, and then one is sent with Ashara, you know, and Varus, you know, to, um, you know, Essos and raised as young Griff. And the other one is taken to Winterfell and mm-hmm. raised as Jon Snow, you know, type yeah. of thing. So uh, that's something to think about. I don't, I don't, I don't, not putting anything out there con- oh, concretely. I'm just asking the question, you know, um, is there some, some more possibilities there? Yeah. So. And again, we're throwing an extra child in there, kind of saying that, you know, um, with Ashara and kind of talking about mm-hmm. the, po- the possibility that she could have a child as well, kind of muddies things up a little bit. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 you know, when young Griff comes back into the picture, it's either, you know, people normally uh, go to it's Rhaegar's son, you know, um, or it's 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 from from his first marriage with uh, Elia Martell or 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 Lyanna right. Stark, you know. Right. Or is it somebody else now? I'm starting. Yeah, I don't know. You know. Gosh, there's so many. So. All right. Well, I think uh, this week we're going to leave it a little short here. M- more to think about. More to dwell on. Uh, appreciate you know Drew and. Uh, and Sir Gibbs uh, and and Sam the Hammer hitting us up this week, and I appreciate you hanging in there listening to my uh, Rainy Targaryen <laughs> uh, theory. You know, if you guys have any thoughts on that, or, yeah, or you guys uh, yourselves speculate more on this, yeah, I, and uh, continue to send us your stories, how you got into the series, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Send us your your origin story, and we've been reading those on the main show. Um, you know, and we, we'll read if we have extra, which we do, we have plenty. Um, we'll read those here on Follow Up Friday. You know, another thing. Um, that I was going to mention too. Some uh, the the ghost, by the way, this week has sent me um, a raven. We've mm-hmm. held off on that till next week because it is so good, and I am s- still <laughs> studying up on that. I forgot to mention that, that at the top of the show. To but uh, one thing that that I like as you read these things, and this is just an encouragement. I'm a teacher, so I kind of sometimes, you know, not that I'm assigning homework, but uh, I love for my students to provide textual evidence. Yeah. So uh, one thing that helps Sir Matt and I, you know, as we as we as we prep for the show, if you guys can send in quotes from the book, yes. or you know, it's it's referenced in Arya chapter or Arya three of you know A Storm of Swords or whatever, that is super helpful because then we can dive into where you know we kind of can get inside of your head mm-hmm. uh, and think about where you're at in the text, and that really helps. Now, if it's just show based, that's totally fine. Let mm-hmm. us know what season, which episodes you're thinking, give us some context, and uh, we'll run wild with you yeah. on the show theories. Yeah, and real quick, just something I want to uh, point out here, Sir Ezra. Yeah, I was doing some reading here uh, while we were talking about continuing on this. Bail the Bard thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So just it's kind of interesting. It says uh, it talks about the timeline of this legend because it, it's like, oh, well, to break it down, it specifically mentions like the King's Road and things like that. So it would have had to have been taken place like after, okay, you know, like after um, Jaharis the First and stuff like that. And so it's just interesting. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, because it was after the King's Road. And there was some news, we'll talk about this more in the main episode, that did come out of San Diego Comic-Con. We had talked about the um, the timeline that was kind of shown. 
Yeah, and, for Fire and Blood. For Fire and Blood. And yep. the timeline was actually is because Fire and Blood is going to go up to Aegon the Third, So it lists Viserys as Prince Viserys, not King Viserys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, just, I don't know, just, just yeah. reading reading this and kind of thinking about that, that we had seen um, that as well is just uh, just interesting. Just we, we, yeah. we always talk about point of view and... Uh, some of the yeah. things these maesters speculate on. Well, yeah, and that's that's the whole. That's why I thought Friday is so fun. I've said it time and time again. Is that and what you had just told me not to spoil everything for the main you know show, but what what have you? Um, the idea that this could be written in a different um, different time period. Yeah, and it's it's not a like World of Ice and Fire day. is written present day, looking back at old documents. Yeah, L- yeah, looking at old. This is like uh, this primary is, sources, this, and then, yeah, this is you know, uh, de- this is like a primary source because it's being written at the time. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. So, the, so the dates and stuff are, are kind of incomplete. You have a World of Ice and Fire as the overarching guide, um, so it's neat to get that perspective. Yeah. So, so really cool. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks again. Uh, make sure you send all those ravens to btkcast at uh, at gmail.com. Don't let this uh, don't let the crows get you down. Send those ravens. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, we are happy to have them. So, so. all right, guys. In the ha- in the word words of House Greyjoy, we do not sew.